Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, all right, all right. Oh, my word. My brother just grabbed me and said, I got off the, the highway at, uh, what time does the service start? 1045? He said 1038, and he, and he just walked in, and they're still just flooding in. So, hey, you look, guys, I don't know if y'all can see up here. Wow. If you have an extra seat and somebody comes around you, you want to you wanna let them have another seat. Hey, good morning. So, so glad you are here. Come on, we haven't done this in a long time and I've missed doing this. Would you on the count of three welcome all ten campuses that are meeting throughout the Carolinas, in prisons, and even into Kenya. One, two, three. Come on, church. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Those of you who might not even be at one of our campuses, but you're sitting in front of a TV somewhere or a computer screen, welcome to New Hope Church. We are glad you are here. One of the things I have realized about this season that we've been in is that I have missed just being able to pastor you from the platform. And I don't know if you, you believe in seasons or not, but like I'm a big fan of seasons. I think, I think seasons are how churches and people actually go to the next level. And I believe there is a season for everything. Can I get an amen? Ecclesiastes says that. The word of the Lord says, for everything there is a what? There is a seat. Oh, you came ready to engage today. I like it. Every activity under the sun. And I just want to tell you before we even get into the word today, we're about to go into a new season. Hello. New Hope Church today will not be the church it was last week. I want you to know that I'm not the leader yesterday that I will be tomorrow. I want you to know that this church is about to go to a what? To a whole nother level. Oh, you're ready today. I can tell. It makes me fired up. It's a new season. God, God is a God who loves to do new things. The word of the Lord says in Isaiah, come on, you, you read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. Well, whenever it gets up there. Ready? Go. For I am about to do something. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Everybody say new season. Everybody say new chapter. What you're going to hear me refer to this season um, over the next couple years as is chapter 3. Chapter 3. If you're new around here, let me tell you a little bit about our history. Chapter 1 was a motley crew. And a motley crew gathered at East Chapel Hill High School in North Chapel Hill. And we launched this campus 13 years ago. That was chapter 1. Chapter 1 kind of spilled over a little bit into the second location, which was an old, ancient Catholic church in downtown Chapel Hill. It was in in a place called Gimgul, the historic district of Gimgul. We were there for two years. We, We just couldn't take being that close to the University of North Carolina much longer. Just kidding, just kidding. So we left, we left there and we moved, we moved to Garrett Road and then we moved into this building five and a half years ago. That was chapter two. Chapter two was when we took down this land here in the epicenter of North Carolina. We were only one campus back then. We took down 36 acres of land here in the heart of North Carolina and that was chapter two. And chapter two was when we then went multi-site. 
And now we're a church of 10 campuses, but we just stepped into chapter 3. We just stepped in to chapter 3, and I'm going to tell you something. We haven't seen anything yet. We have only been scratching the surface of what God wants to do with the people called New Hope Church. Do I have any believers out there? The best is yet to come. And as I've been away from teaching you live anyway, I've come to realize how much I miss. Seriously. Pastoring you from up here. Shepherding you from the platform. And so today, what I want to do is teach a very practical message that I hope and pray will shepherd you and pastor you in this season that we are about to enter into. I've been praying that God would take and return to us the joy of his salvation. The Bible says in Psalm 51, 12, return to me the joy of my salvation. I'm praying that this Christmas season will kick us into 2016 and it'll be a year like you could never even imagine. In January, I love to tell you where we're going. In January, we're going to kick off a brand new series called Great and Awesome. We're going to be studying the book of Nehemiah. And in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah refers to God as great and awesome. Now, when you study that word awesome in the Hebrew, you realize that we should only use the word awesome when referring to God. And I, I'm convicted because I say the word awesome all the time. Like, you're awesome. This church is awesome. Right? But God is the only one worthy of the title awesome. Great and awesome in January. Then we're going to do some messages. And then I'm listening. I'm just going to tell you where we're going. On Easter Sunday, we're going to kick off the longest sermon series we've ever done in the history of this church. I'm talking about a 33 week sermon series titled The Story. And we're going to study as a congregation from Genesis to Revelation between Easter and December of next year. Come on, church. You guys, I saw in you, when we studied the book of Revelation, I saw in you a hunger for the word like I can't even begin to explain and then I also look around the church today and I think we've become and I don't mean necessarily our church but we're guilty too you look at the church in America I think we've become biblically illiterate and so in 2016 I'm calling it the year of teach chapter 3 reach teach and release we're gonna teach the word of God from Genesis to Revelation for 33 weeks straight and I yeah I could not be more excited. But today, let's talk about Christmas. Before we dive in, can I just pray for us? Let's pray. Father, I ask that you take our minds today and think through them. God, I ask that you take our hearts and fill with them today. Lord Jesus, please take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let's go get this today. Hey, it's Christmas. How you guys doing? Did you hear that though? Did you hear that? That was a little bit of, you know, kind of. Some people aren't quite so sure. 
Like I said, what I want to do today is kind of shepherd you from the platform. And did you know that during the holiday season, people struggle more than any other time of the year? Did you know this? The Mayo Clinic did a 35-year study. And in this 35-year study, they discovered that slightly over 50% of the population struggles. And they said it's not necessarily clinical depression as much as it is the holiday blues. People struggle during this time of year. In fact, the Mayo Clinic came out with an acrostic. They called it SAD, S-A-D, Seasonal Affective Disorder. The holidays can be a very difficult season for us. Let's just talk about some of the reasons why that might be the case. Number one, unrealistic expectations. Mm, mm. Some of you are trying to live up to a standard. Maybe you were taught it as a child. You're trying to present a standard to your family that is simply unrealistic. Talk about it. One mother said to me, true quote right here, Christmas is the only time of the year that I want to be able to at least pretend to be a normal family. <laughs> See, she was wanting her dysfunctional family to all of a sudden just become normal during Christmas. Here's another one, financial pressures. Financial pressures have a tendency to cause us to slip into the holiday blues. We try to buy gifts with money we don't have. I hope you haven't done this yet. I still got time to warn you. It's December 20th. Don't go getting into debt that you won't be able to pay for next year to buy your kids some toys that they're going to lose or break. Hello. Biz <laughs> Keep it coming, brother. I love it. Busy schedules. Christmas season has a way. We, we try to do way too much. We have parties. We have band concerts. We have sporting events. We get all wrapped up in these things that we cannot really do. Here's another one. Family conflict. Mm. Some of you got family coming to town. And you're already stressing out about it. I, I hope you bring them to church. I hope you. Because, you know, hey, we need more dysfunction here, right? Somebody said to me recently, I don't want to come to your church. I'm not perfect. I said, come join the crowd, baby. Come join the crowd. But some of you are going to be going to family. Oh, oh. You, you, you're, going to, you're going to be happy when you get there. You're going to be riding down the road praising the Lord when you leave. <laughs> Listen, another true quote right here. One young father said to me, the part about Christmas that I dread the most is having to visit my parents. We have to travel 500 miles to see them and endure three days of criticism about every detail of our lives from the way we raise our children to the kind of church we attend. Well, <laughs> but if we ever decided not to go home for the holidays, we would never hear the end of it. Holiday blues. And what I want to do today is I just want to, I just want to talk to you. I want to, I want to shepherd you from the platform. 
And if the Mayo Clinic research is accurate, and I think it is because I've been a pastor long enough now to know and I know what I can struggle with during this time of year as well. I want to just try to give you some things that I believe will help you during this season. You can open your Bibles. You can leave them there. Luke 1, 68 through 79. I'm going to be quoting different verses of Scripture there. But here's the first thing you got to do. The first thing you got to do if you're going to beat the holiday blues is you got to rethink your expectations. Write it in in your teaching notes. There's pens there for you. Brand new pens, by the way. Come on, y'all, y'all already got happy about that, didn't you? Now you can steal brand new pins in the name of Jesus. It's all good, baby. We put them there for you. <laughs> Number one, rethink your expectations. People who struggle with disappointment during the Christmas season often approach the holidays with the wrong kind of focus. They put too much energy into trying to make the holidays perfect. Listen to me, woman of God, you ain't Martha Stewart. And I don't know that you want to be. It didn't end very well for her. Now, she's in the process of landing on her feet. Don't worry about it. But you can't, you can't make everything perfect. Listen, dude, your tree is never going to be perfect. A light bulb or two or ten will go out on the string of lights. And, 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 the, and the, the two worst words in the human vocabulary during Christmas is assembly required. <laughs> Maybe you're a handyman and you like assembly required. Listen, listen I, will, I will almost give my firstborn away to the person in the store if they'll put the stuff together for me. <laughs> and my firstborn is right here in our midst. And he's like me. Like we were trying to put some stuff together in the garage the other day. I'm like, dude, I'll do anything not to do this. Your Christmas will not be perfect. You are not Martha Stewart if you are a female, and you are not Bob Villa if you are a man. It will not be perfect, and that is good news. Listen, Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago. He didn't step into a perfect world. Christmas is not supposed to be perfect. Christmas is often very, very messy. And you and I have to mature to the point that we see that it is in our very messiness that God will speak his loudest message. Hello. Hello. It's in the messiness. Like I grew up in a home where my mama wanted everything perfect. And so I like like perfect stuff. I like my life in order. But you know what I've learned in 25 years of following God? Life's not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. My children are not perfect. And that's okay. Like, like Christmas tree. I talked about that for a moment. Can I, can I show you a Christmas? I was over at Washington Duke Inn the other week. I'm, I'm trying to write a book, and I was trying to get this message ready for today. So I was at Washington Duke Inn, and they had this Christmas tree in the middle of Washington Duke Inn. Unbelievable. Can I show you a picture? I think our one in the lobby might even be prettier. I just noticed that as I walked back in here today. I should have shown you a picture of our tree in the lobby. But let me show you a picture of a Christmas tree at Washington Duke Inn. Right here, here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it, it starts at the floor. And, 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 and it runs into the ceiling. Now, now I want you to, that's gorgeous. May I show you the Christmas tree in the Kelly house? No, no, you don't understand. That's as of this morning. Like, <laughs> that's, that's our Christmas tree. There's not a single ornament or light on it. 
My, my son Benjamin, my firstborn, I've already mentioned him. He's sitting right over here to my left. He works in the cafe. He, he, he said the other day in front of our whole family, he goes, hey, we're, we're going all natural. <laughs> hey, and we laughed about it. C cameras, cameras, can you zoom in? Look in my eyes, look in my eyes. <laughs> Do you see any care in my eyes that that's what my Christmas tree looks like? We've been living at the church, trying to get this place ready. There are more important things than a Christmas tree. Ooh, ooh, come on. Some of you need to, my, this is what my family says sometimes, I say this all the time. Some of you, y'all just need to chill, bro. Tap somebody on the shoulder, say chill, chill, go ahead, chill. Y'all don't like to do that, do you? Now, now tap the person on the other side that you don't really like. And say, take a chill pill. There you go, there you go. Some of you need to chill. Hey, here, write this down. Oh, my word, if you came, this is, this is golden for you today. This came to me when I was at Washington Duke Inn. Instead of asking yourself, what will this Christmas be like for me? Ask yourself, what will I be like for Christmas? Hello. Instead of asking yourself, what will this Christmas be like for me? Me, 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 me. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about a baby who was sent from God for the redemption of your sins. To give you a joy here that doesn't come from external circumstances, but comes from deep within. This is a God who, who delivers us and gives us abundant life. Instead of asking yourself, what will this Christmas be like for me? Ask yourself, what will I be like this Christmas? Luke 1, I told you that's the passage we're drawing from. Verse 77 and 79, let's read it out loud together on the count of three. Jesus came, go, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins, to shine on those living in darkness, to guide our feet into the path of... If you want to experience the peace of Christmas, realize it doesn't come from any existential factors in your life. It comes from... You receiving and enjoying and basking in the gift of Jesus. That moves us right to number two. Here it is, number two. Rethink your obligations. You want to beat the holiday blues? Rethink your obligations. This is the time of year where life can just get crazy. It can get out of control. Band performances, concerts, rehearsals for church. Glory, hallelujah. We've been living here, but our staff, pray for our staff. By the way, I, just want, I feel led to do this. I didn't do this last service. Your staff have been working around the clock, nonstop, to get ready for today. And it's not just this campus staff. It's from all the campuses. Can we just show them some love? And it hasn't just been staff. There's been volunteers that have been joining us as well. But in the midst of the busyness of the season, if you're not careful, if you don't rethink your obligations, you will get fried. You'll get stressed out. And you'll sit here in January and you'll say yet again, I missed it. 
I missed the sacredness of the season. Some of you are trying to do too much. You know, that, you know what grace is? Grace is many things, right? Ultimately, it's God sending His Son, Jesus, for you. But you know what grace is? Grace is seeing yourself as God sees you. Some of you are trying to do too much. You're getting fried. And you're going to miss the season. Do you know one of the best words in the English vocabulary is the word no? Like, why don't you try that with me? Only count three. One, two, three. No. You actually did it very well. You can do it in here. Can you do it out there? Yeah, somebody said no. <laughs> That's awesome. Say this after me. I can't do it all. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, if you could see some of the looks on your faces. Some of you just like, just a burden was just lifted off of you. Let's emphasize the word not. Say it after me. I cannot do it all. Let's try it another way. Say it after me. I cannot do everything. One more thing. People in the balcony, making sure you're dialed in here. Everybody say this with me. I can learn to say no. Rethink your obligations. Say no. Because if you don't learn to say no, you will land in the words of Ozzy Osbourne on the crazy train. If you don't know who Ozzy Osbourne is, you're probably a better human being than I am. Man, y'all came to have church today, didn't you? Hey, another golden nugget. Write this down. If you don't get anything today, get this. This is huge. This will change the trajectory of your life. When you think about your time, always remember when you say yes to something, that means less for something else. Whatever you do, just make sure the yes is worth the less. Hello. Hello. Time is our most precious commodity. You know what's cool about time, too? It's, it's a leveling force. See, you folks have different levels of money in here. But do you know that everybody in here has the same amount of time in a day? Every, we all have the same amount. And when I say yes to this... By default, there's no way around it. When I say yes to this, I'm saying less to this. So part of maturing spiritually and getting control of your calendar is realizing that if I'm going to say yes to that, it means less of that, and therefore I better make sure my yes is worth the less. You've got to rethink your obligations. Learn to say no. Learn to prioritize. It's how you beat the holiday blues. It would be a shame, would it not? Come on, it would be a shame if this holiday season you went to a half a dozen parties and you never took the time to serve others. It would be a shame if you saw all the lovely decorations on the big houses in town, but you never noticed that there are people in desperate need. 
during this season. It would be a shame if this Christmas was a never-ending flurry of activity and gift-receiving for you, but in all that activity, you never found an opportunity, even once, to share Christ with someone else, invite them to a church, or just do something nice for somebody else. That's why I unashamedly sit up here today and invite you to be a part of the Christmas offering. Unashamedly. All we can do sometimes at Christmas is think about me, 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 me. What if this Christmas we made a, a definite decision that we're going to do something for other people? And don't go drawing the wrong conclusions. Like this is the Christmas offering. It's not like we're in financial trouble. 100% of this, by the way, 100% of this is going to Hope Rising. None of it's going to our general budget. This is not about us being in financial trouble. This is about me giving you an opportunity. You can do with it what you want. But giving you an opportunity to say, you know what, in the midst of all the Christmas season and in the midst of saying, you know, what am I going to get, what am I going to get, I'm going to make a decision to say, because God gave Jesus to me, I'm going to give a gift to his church that's going to go around the world and bless villages in Kenya, help us dig deep water wells for people who are going to die without clean water, going to help us continue to bless the campuses and take hope rising to places we can never even imagine. If you have something better, go do it. But do something that is about somebody else. Luke 1, 74, 75, come on out loud together. Ready, go. To enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. In Luke chapter 1, the Bible says Jesus came to enable us to do what? Serve him. How's your family going to serve him this Christmas season? To which some of you are sitting there asking this question right now. What is giving? What is giving to others? What does giving to God have to do with beating the holiday blues? To which I would say everything. You do know, don't you, that the most joyful people in the world are those who are the most generous. Have you figured this out? Have you ever figured out that the meanest, mm, meanest people in the world are the stingiest people in the world? And I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about finances, time, everything. Do you know that it's, it's almost impossible to be in the funk, to be in the holiday blues while putting Christ and others first? Here's why. God made us that way. This is God's unique thumbprint in your life. This is, this is the divine DNA that's inside of you. When you put Christ first, when you put God's people first, God takes care of your spirit. It's just the way God made us. You say, give me a verse. Proverbs 11. Let's read it out loud. Great, great verse of Scripture. Ready? Go. A generous man will... He who refreshes others will himself be a generous man. A generous woman will do what? Prosper. He or she who refreshes others will do what? Rethink your obligations. Here's the third and final thing. Rethink your celebrations. Rethink your celebrations. 
I'm amazed by the way in which some people celebrate Christmas. I mean, rocking around the Christmas tree all night long, drinking too much at the office party, or judging how good the Christmas is by how many gifts they get. Even Christmas sometimes makes Christians focus on the wrong things. Sometimes makes the mistake of putting too much emphasis on the externals of Christmas. Come on, church, there's nothing wrong with these things. But there's much more to celebrate at Christmas than what's waiting around the Christmas tree for you. There's so much more to celebrate at Christmas. Come on than whether or not you get that Christmas bonus you're wanting. There's so much more to celebrate at Christmas than, than whether or not God's put that spouse in your life that you're really longing for. I talked to you last week about making sure whatever you do this Christmas season, you humble yourself and you bask at a manger scene. Ideally, physically, yeah, just like I'm doing. You just, you, maybe you find you a quiet place and if you've got a manger scene at your house. If you can't do it physically, you do it spiritually in your mind. If you, if you don't have one in front of you, you just, you just imagine in your mind's eye the Mother Mary Jesus, born of the virgin. The one who suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose again. That God in Christ, born, the baby, the shepherds, the angels, the story. That we're going to be looking at so deeply on Thursday night of this week. To just pause and strip all the crass commercialism away from it all. Have you done that this year? It's December 20th. It's okay. You still got time. I do this early in the mornings before my family gets up. Cup of coffee, Bible, gathered around the manger. Just taking it all in. To, to marinate in the miracle once again of what Christmas is all about. In a world that is so sin-scarred and seemingly dark, a light has dawned. It is Christ the Lord. Rethink your celebrations. And in the midst of all these celebrations that we do, all the parties, I mean, how many parties can you go to? How much spiked eggnog can you drink? Quiet it all out. You were at the theater last week. I showed you how one of my children put on headphones noise cancellation devices and said our family was too loud it's awesome to, to cancel out the noise sing maybe some of the old Christmas carols worship 
purity, the beauty, the sacred Christ child that was born that you might be free. Born that your sins might be forgiven. Born that you might have peace deep in your soul when peace outside of our souls is hard to come by. 68 and 72 of that very chapter. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come, come on church, and redeemed His people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us to show mercy to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant. Celebrate Jesus this week. Celebrate Jesus this week. Regardless of where you are or what you do, celebrate Jesus. I know it's a cliche. It's the epic cliche, right? But it doesn't mean it's not true. Jesus is still the reason for the season. Come on. Celebrate Him. And that's for all the believers here. I hope, I hope you can do something with this message. Apply it. This can change the week ahead of you. But we also have some people here who are not believers. And you're here because you got invited or you saw a yard sign or you saw a commercial or, or maybe somebody drug you here. If they did, make them take you to lunch and tell them they're paying. But you can't celebrate unless you've received the gift. You, you can't celebrate the sacredness of Christmas unless you receive the first gift ever given. So believers, here's where we, we bow our heads, new hopers. Here's where we pray together. And if we're believers, man, we just take this message and we apply it and we, we just rise to higher heights in this new chapter and we're able to mature and grow as followers. But listen, we don't want to leave people behind. So here's where you pray with me, New Hope. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. And we want to pray. We want to pray for the people who are sitting on the rows with us. We want to pray for the people who are in front of us, behind us, above us. Almighty God, thank you for this sacred season. God, thank you that Christmas was your idea. And when the world was just as messy as it is now, you came down and you delivered Jesus to us. The sinless one, born of the Virgin Mary, the one who would go to the cross and shed his blood for me. That we might be forgiven and celebrate this season and keep growing in you throughout the years. But Father, before we just blow this place up and celebrate with one final song, we want to make sure that if there's anybody here today and you want to know Christ, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you did and it was a long time ago, we want to give you a chance to bow your knee, humble your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I need to receive you.
I can't join the celebration till I receive the gift and RSVP my place at the party. So I receive you, Jesus. If that's you and you desire to know Christ and you want to receive the first gift of Christmas, why don't you pray a simple prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life today. I don't understand it all completely, but I know I need you. I'm tired of searching for fulfillment and purpose and meaning in other places. Just repeat it after me, not out loud, just in your spirit. Lord Jesus, come into my life today. Lord Jesus, come into my heart to stay. I am a sinner and I need you to be my Savior. Infuse within me the Christmas spirit. Give me the strength, power, and the purpose to live my life for you. And when I get to the end of my life, Lord God, and the sun sets on my life, thank you that you have promised for me an eternal home in heaven. So I receive you. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. The people of New Hope said together, Amen. See, that's our church. For those of you who just prayed that, for those of you who just received Christ or rededicated your life to Christ, let them know how we feel about it, New Hope. Let them know. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family. Yeah, go ahead. One more time, church. One more time. Welcome to the family of God. Sit in this moment for just a second more. Marinate in the miracle as we show you something on the screens. You don't want to leave. Trust me. Stay to the very end. The orchestra is going to come back out, and oh my, do we have the perfect song for this moment. Merry Christmas, New Hope. I love you very much. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime, or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org, and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family, and we hope you'll join us next week.